0: This is Aliens and Artists, part two of our conversation with Mark Rogers. I'm your host, Stuart Davis. Mark, let me ask you about the stories that are in your works. When you begin a work, do you know the story that will be in these paintings before you begin? Or are you caught off guard on occasion? How much of the narrative is formed at the onset? How much of it is spontaneously emerging while you're creating?
1: I would say that, um, well, everything I do, I work it out in a sketchbook first. So um, I don't do very much spontaneous stuff in the actual, like when I'm sitting down and painting. Mm-hmm. Um, most, mostly, all the all the uh, narrative stuff kind of happens um, on in the sketchbook. But usually, I know what I'm gonna be working on before I even start sketching and I'll maybe come up with an idea maybe like 75% of the way or I'll have like a gigantic big story that I'm working on and I'm trying to come up with just like a scene from that bigger story. Um, And usually when I'm trying to create like the bigger story, um, lately I guess over the past couple years I've been using um like I was saying earlier, I use tarot to come up with um with that by just creating a doing a short story spread. Uh-huh. So um like kind of as a prompt. So so that'll be kind of my starting point. And then I'll um and then I kind of move on from there. I guess you know things like when I when I draw my little thumbnails and I draw like the magic squares, what I call it, I can kind of feel myself go into the square a little bit. And that's kind of when you get into the, the Gnostic state idea. I already have quite a bit of ammunition creative, creatively going into it, but new ideas definitely emerge while I'm, while I'm coming up with the uh, thumbnails for the paintings.
0: You mentioned Gnosticism. We've already touched on the animating presence of the Western hermetic traditions, which figure in your work. I want to ask you about Remedios Faro and Leonora Carrington, two of my favorite painters, but also their work is so infused with an adjacent sense of these mystery schools, as in your work, these old features of the occult neighborhood, let's say. Are those two painters known to you and did they factor at all in your discovery of your own voice? Do they mean anything to you in that regard?
1: I love both of their work, but as far as um it was kind of an after after effect, actually. Like I would I was kind of doing my stuff and people would usually through Instagram or just friends or whatever, would be like, hey check this out this work reminds me of your work i bet you would like it so that's how i was turned on to both of those painters Mm. yeah and i feel like a kinship i'm looking at a leonora carrington book across the across the room from me now so i mean i'm i like both of their work quite a bit i feel like i would if i had lived in the same time period i would want to be friends with them
0: yeah me too It's fascinating because the kinship is readily perceptible, but your work is quite distinct. One amazing thing about your work is that there's really no confusing it, no conflating it with someone else's catalog. That must feel quite wonderful. Not that there's a sense of competition or anything, but you've found this unique frequency and it's functioning so well. To what degree do you allow yourself? To celebrate that fact or luxuriate in it once in a while. You know, that you've carved out a truly distinct station. Or is that not your nature?
1: I don't really think about it's not really in my nature. My nature is like, okay, what am I gonna work on next? What am I doing today? What's uh okay, I'm looking at a painting right now across the way and I'm like, hmm, I need to work on this this and this and this and this. that's more my
0: nature keep working keep going
1: it's all about the process i'm really addicted to the process i don't really like my end goal when i'm um finished with a painting is to get it out of my apartment and to um start the next one
0: (laughs) makes complete sense i don't even know to what degree this is knowable but Do you feel that experiencers of contact, sightings, abductions, the entire umbrella of the paranormal, do you feel that those experiencers constitute a larger proportion of your buyers, controlled and contrasted against a typical section of the population, let's say?
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know very many other artists who were like have people share their um contact stories (laughs) with them on a regular basis even though even though my paintings are kind of um not really of the real realm i do get a lot of that and i mean sometimes well often people will tell me that um that maybe i'm channeling these ideas and that. Maybe I have had like real, real uh, contact with aliens, but maybe I don't even know it. And who knows? Maybe they're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I can think back to times when I was a kid where maybe I did have contact with aliens, but I have a really crazy imagination. So uh, I can't really tell you if that was real or not.
0: What might have been one instance as a child? when you feel that possibility was present?
1: Well, I mean, I watched so much, so much X-Files, that, you know, and like, I saw all the sightings, like that TV show, mm-hmm. um, just weird stuff where like, I'd have a dream, but was that really a dream? Or like, you know, I would see like a uh, an alien in my room, but I would be like, hmm, that probably didn't happen. You know, stuff like that. There was one where, where I was a kid. I, I had um, kind of like some weird feelings where like, I would like open up my – this also maybe ties to the astral projection thing too, um, where there were a couple times where I would wake up when I was a little kid and feel like my face was like mere inches from the ceiling and then feel myself kind of drop back into my body. One time I had an experience where I felt like I was kind of going out of a window and it might've been like alien related. However, I also wonder if that was like a scene from a show I had seen as a kid. So I can't really, the fact from fiction sort of thing. I'm, I'm not really sure what, what was real and what wasn't. I do know that the, the UFO sighting that I saw was real because I saw it with another person and I was an adult when that happened. Um, Some of the ghosts that I saw when I was a kid, they're, they're sort of the same. Um, I had one, one ghost I saw when I was a teenager that felt really real. Um,
0: Can you share that experience with us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah i was driving over a bridge and i was dri- it was it, it was a street um in durham oregon and i went to went to high school on durham road and i was just driving home from high school i was driving my parents minivan this part of the street was really at a really um uh like kind of a slow speed limit. So I think I was only driving about 20 miles an hour and I was driving over a bridge and to my right I see um just a person in white um just kind of hovering like it's kind of like the stereotypical woman in white ghost. I mean 100% pretty much. I just saw like this white being or I mean now that we're talking about aliens i'm like oh man maybe that was like more of an alien thing now but i saw this person i would describe it as a woman like in white and they were like at the same level as me even though i was driving over water so this person was standing um maybe 10 feet in the air but it was as if but it was as if um maybe that water wasn't there like in a, like a few hundred years ago, like maybe there wasn't like a Creek there. Oh. Um, but it was like a bridge over a Creek and the person was standing on the same level as the bridge that I was on. So I, I looked and I was like, why is there a person over there? Oh wait, what? And then I just kind of cruised by, um, and it was at night and I could see the person clearly.
0: And what was their
1: appearance? Um, it looked like a person in just like a white dress or like a white, now that, I, now that we're talking about aliens and starting to rethink the story slightly, but it could have been like a white robe, you know, but, but just like kind of a dress, like a gown. And I had the distinct impression that it was a woman. So, yeah, I had a woman in white experience, I suppose.
0: Were facial features evident?
1: Not really. Kind of, kind of far away from the car. Maybe. I mean, I would say that like, I could see like eyes and hair, like, like maybe dark hair and like some dark eyes, but mainly a glowing um, thing. You know, maybe somebody could interpret that all different kinds of ways, you know.
0: So we have as a cursory overview of your life, It includes astral projection, spontaneous and cultivated occult practices, amorphous recollections of entities in the room, an event where you perhaps were floated through a window in one state or another, dream events, ghost sightings, a waking shared sighting of the orange anomalous plasma flame ovoid object, Have you considered hypnosis as a means to investigate any of these events in more detail?
1: Um, no, I've never actually considered that. I don't know why, I just don't, um, I don't know, I've never really considered that as an option.
0: Well, certainly there's no deficiency in your creative output, no lack in your spiritual life. I don't mention it because there's something missing. It's it would just be out of curiosity to obtain some insight around these enigmatic episodes in your life. As we age, the maturity of our life experience sometimes brings a new magnetism around formative events in our childhood. And we think, huh, I, <laughs> I might circle back and take a second look at that, so to speak. And that's why I was curious about hypnosis. But you would not consider that, or perhaps you have and you've ruled it out as a viable option?
1: Um, maybe would not. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure why either. I just don't really, I don't know if it's really very necessary for me. Um, I would maybe attempt self-hypnosis, but I don't really dwell on my past very often, or I try not to. I try to um, try to just keep moving forward.
0: Let me ask, I, I think it was a joke. I wasn't sure, but you had made reference in a post to wanting to get the implant in your frontal cortex removed. Was that a joke?
1: <laughs> yeah, I jo- yeah, I joke around a lot.
0: <laughs> I like it. That's <laughs> funny. So I have to ask you where does your irrational fear of bees originate from?
1: My mom. My mom's super, um, super allergic, but she has like these, um, crazy reactions and it happens all the time, not just with bees. And I'm going to do it right now. So she'll just remember something. She'll be like, (gasps) and she makes like that noise and it's fucking startling. So she'll just, she'll just do that and be like, oh, I just remembered something. I need to call my friend Sue tomorrow and you'll be like, what? Oh my God. I thought something was on fire. Like somebody ran up behind me with a gun, oh boy. but she'll um, do that when, um, when she sees a bee. So it started when I was a little kid <laughs> and she'll just see it and just be like, <gasps> and then uh, and then it, I'll like get super freaked out. My, uh, my niece who spends a lot of time with my mom, also has a horrible fear of bees now because of it. Oh, boy. But bees also have those scary alien eyes, you know. So, you know, those terrors, they kind of look like an alien gray. They're pretty scary looking. Um, I've been stung like at least 20 times too, so I'm not really afraid of being stung by a bee. Um, Yeah, I'm not really... I'm more creeped out by the way they look. I think it comes from my mom though, but but yeah, just the the, the shiny exoskeleton and the noise they make and the erratic way they fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I have an irrational fear of bees. I'm not afraid of being stung. I'm not allergic. I have a ton of tattoos. I'm not really worried about that. Just the way they look and the way they sound like really freaks me out.
0: (laughs) It's funny because there's a lot of bug-like visages in your paintings.
1: Yeah, I think I just like, yeah, even just, even painting the grays a lot, I, you know, I'm painting something that's kind of scary to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it seems a reasonable strategy, perhaps even a skillful one, because in doing so, in creating this constellation of so many paintings with insectoid figures and otherwise, you're actually positioning them in a place where you have a degree of control and influence over them and the manner in which they manifest. Does that feel fair to say?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I do feel like that's fair. I feel like, I feel sorry for the characters in my paintings though, (laughs) like the human characters. (laughs) They don't really have that control. I feel bad for creating them and subjecting them to these terrors, but...
0: They do discover themselves in some rough spots with some degree of frequency.
1: wouldn't want to be in one of my paintings.
0: That's funny. I wouldn't either. But I feel like I have been. I have to say, I feel like I have been a character in your paintings. The first of your paintings I ever saw was the Mantis one. I apologize. I've forgotten the name. What was the title again?
1: Um, so I've painted them a couple times. Was it the one with, uh, with kind of, that looked like the magician tarot?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. That one's called the tools. Yes. Kind of related to like, um, like Wicca or like, um, one of those other, uh, you know, ceremonial magic where, um, where there are like a lot of tools or magical weapons, Or objects that are used in ritual, and it was yeah, it was the mantis was kind of initiating, yes, um, that character, the the human character into into the art or craft or whatever, and the 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 character was like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Well, I want to tell you that painting is the most accurate rendering of what the felt world experience was for me in my initiation with the actual eight-foot mantis entity
1: when i heard when i heard that story i was like oh yeah that painting i painted i was totally thinking about that
0: that's precisely it
1: yeah and i was thinking about how that care that that mantis creature was in the painting when i was painting it i was actively thinking of it in the same way that your experience was happening. Like it was a helpful being. Like it wasn't actually like scary like the Grays. It was like a
0: When I saw that painting I felt as though you had depicted my first person experience. It's all it's almost as though our becoming acquainted is out of sequence. When I saw that painting, that seemed to be the after effect of you knowing the essential quality of this experience, mantis contact. Of course We were never acquainted until this very moment. You're simply tapping into something that is phenomenologically constituent to the human-non-human dynamic. I felt a great confirmation in seeing your work because it so fully renders the felt world experience of these contact events. The high strangeness is so alive and well in your paintings. And portrayed with such authenticity. That's part of what is paradoxically relaxing in these works, consoling, I suppose. Because one of the tensions we feel as human beings, and as artists in particular, is when there is a deeply felt meaning which has yet to be signified through art or creative expression that creates dissonance. We need the correspondence in which the outside signifies what is transpiring on the inside, and vice versa. That's a long way of saying that when I saw your paintings, that's what I experienced. Correspondence. The authentic outward rendering of inward content. I'm guessing that a lot of people have reached out to you saying that the feeling in these paintings is the same feeling that obtains in many of these experiences
1: yeah, actually like on on one hand, I can be like, "Oh, that's so funny because you know i don't I haven't experienced what you're talking about, but then on another on another note, like maybe you know when I am uh, coming up with some of these ideas, i mean there I could actually be. Channeling like a shared experience that um, people are having, so I do get that a lot. Like I have, like not too long ago, there was a person who was like, "Yeah, I actually have, um, I have like this being that looks exactly like this, this one that you painted recently, except it's wearing a hat that kind of looks like a pope hat." But I see that being like all the time in my head. I'm just like, oh, weird. Um, I didn't have anything to do with it. But maybe, you know, yeah, I guess I do believe in the shared consciousness. So,
0: Yeah. So this will feel a tiny bit out of left field for our listeners, but only momentarily. I want to ask you about Bram and what warging is.
1: Uh, was this from the creative introvert?
0: Yeah. I had heard it mentioned in that conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Kat. She, um, it was just like a meditation sort of, um, idea that I do sometimes. Um, you watched game of Thrones, right? Oh yeah. 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 So, um, I really like, um, some ideas that are present in chaos magic. Oh yeah. And it's just, um, the idea of like creating a thought form and um, uh, and uh, they call it a servitor in chaos magic. But um, sometimes, you know, people will call them their familiars and stuff. Um, like when I, when I do some meditation, I have like thought forms or servitors that I can use and I can um, so <laughs> so this sounds really complicated but anyway i have an imaginary bird that's a crow named bram and sometimes i can use this um, imaginary character to to look at stuff from different angles that i as a person can't look at so like i can make it perch on the top of a roof in my imagination and view a scene that um, i wouldn't normally be able to see or it can get it can like check out different angles because it's a bird and it can you know view things from like the from the ground up and it can just witness things or fly over and look around and I don't know I've I have a lot of different um, meditative and visualization techniques and that's one of them.
0: It calls to mind the distinction between imaginary and imaginal. So many of your practices feel quaint or coextensive with the imaginal, that could be a fruitful point of investigating facility and access to these felt experiences that emanate so clearly from your paintings. Those high strangeness events. Some of what you're describing with this tulpa-esque entity or servitor is quite imaginal do you have other sets of imaginal practices
1: yeah i have um i have like an astral temple i guess you would say that i always start off like every every um in, in um every meditation practice that i do i always start off by going into this courtyard I'm actually my next two paintings are based on like astral temples. So it's a main character who's like outside of time and space in their their own kind of uh, kind of container. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I always start it from the same place, and it's uh, kind of like a courtyard, and there are a few different doorways, and each doorway leads to a different place. And I've been tying it into um, the fantasy world that I paint in that the Southwestern bellows. So each of the doorways goes to a different location within this realm. So I can, um, just go in there and kind of like poke around and see what's going on in this world and see if I can, um, uh, come up with, um, if I see anything really good, then maybe I can, uh, sketch out a thumbnail and, uh, see a scene.
0: This calls to mind the memory castles of...
1: Oh yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I'm forgetting the name, ironically. Memory (laughs) Palace. Yeah. Famously perfected by... Fuck, I'm forgetting his name.
1: Yeah, I don't know um, where that came from, but I love the concept.
0: Um, Giordano Bruno. Mm. Yeah giordano bruno so last question for you today is there a question that you wished someone would have asked you in the course of your work but which they haven't
1: i don't know i haven't i haven't really done that many interviews i can't really think of anything that that's ever been asked before
0: how about any artists that we might not be aware of that you feel we should be aware of
1: I follow a lot of, I have a lot of like art friends on online that I know of. Um, but as far as like something for aliens and artists go, um, there is one who paints quite a bit of aliens. Her name is Anna Bayagan. Ba- I'm not sure how to say her last name, um, but I could, I could include like a link for you, if, if you like. Great. Um, let's,
0: yeah, let's but do she that.
1: paints a lot of extraterrestrials. Her, maybe, maybe as many, maybe more than me, then she has a totally different take on them too. Her, her greys actually look really friendly.
0: We will put a link to Anna's work in the show notes. Is there anything you have coming up that you want us to put on our calendar?
1: Right now, I'm working on, um, especially with uh, COVID, you can't really have art shows. And I decided to stop working with galleries um, last year just because I kind of like to handle everything myself. Mm -hmm. So without um, having cohesive bodies of work, um, like in a gallery, I've decided to come up with something that's more more of a cohesive body of work that I can give the folks. Um, I'm going to come up with a, a, sort of a zine, I suppose. It's sort of like a collection of six paintings and they're all strung together with one narrative. And you mentioned the word, um, you mentioned something like out of sequence yeah. earlier. And that, mm-hmm. and that really like kind of describes me and how I come up with stories I'm slightly dyslexic so when I um, come up with stories and narratives I always have a hard time just telling something in a straight linear pattern I'm going to attempt to do that in this body of work but it might not be perfect and some, some of the paintings might stand alone but I guess that's what I'm working on right now and I would share with people as I'm going to be Coming up with a coming out with a little story about um, a sorceress and her apprentice and their experiences with um, with extraterrestrials. So yeah, lots of magic.
0: For more information on Mark Rogers, check the show notes. At the oldest salt mining center in Europe, which dates back to the 5th millennium BC, an astonishing work of art was recently excavated. The artifact is a 6,000-year-old mask, which bears a striking resemblance to the face on the cover of Whitley Streber's famed book, Communion. The visage is triangular, the oversized eyes elliptical, there's no mouth. It emerged from an area dedicated to salt works on the Balkan Peninsula. Professor Vasil Nikolov, affiliated with the research on the site, proposes that the mask was associated with the nearby Varna Chocolithic necropolis, where the oldest processed gold on earth was found. But to the eyes of any experiencer, the mask is a dead ringer for the non-human entity made famous by Streber's Communion but 6,000 years prior. To see the mask, check the show notes. Aliens and Artists is brought to you by The Liminal Muse, offering one-on-one work with me, Stuart Davis. Sessions focus on creativity, spirituality, and non-ordinary experiences. Go to theliminalmuse.com to book a session or check the show notes. Why would you become a Patron? It's not for you. This Patreon? It's just thrills, and pills, and daffodil hills. It's one big, very important person, VIP experience. (laughs) Exclusive, rarefied, glorious privileges. Everyone on Patreon is having unprotected sex and cranking jackpot after jackpot of ever-loving, luscious, luxurious goodnesses. So stay the fuck away, okay, baby? Is no for you. Patri-fucking-on. Down in the green room somebody's moaning a couple of groupies i'm making a movie down in the green room somebody's moaning a couple of groupies are making a movie your manager warned you that women are evil i guess he forgot that you worship the devil Damn. Dungeon dance, dance, dance with the daggers Blow Another bubble shh sh- sh- before the wizard La 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 Wizard was can we be friends? Fuck off, sucker. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.